Witness to Hope, the show where you can listen to inspiring stories of faith and hope from people you may know right here in the Marquette area. Hearing how God has sustained others with courage and perseverance, even through some of life's most difficult challenges, can inspire us to trust in God's loving care for us, even when we don't understand His ways. As St. Paul tells us in Romans 5, 3-5, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. Listen now as Monsignor Michael Stieber, pastor of St. Peter Cathedral, talks with today's guest. Hello, this is Monsignor Michael Stieber from St. Peter Cathedral. We're here for another episode of Witness to Hope, and our special guests today are Russ and Heather Modell. And so welcome, Russ and Heather. Thanks for coming for this episode. To start out, if you'd tell our radio audience about your family. Heather and I have been married for 26 years. We've been together for almost 33 years. Um, We met when we were 15 years old uh, in high school. Uh, we have four children, uh, Russ, Raymond, Rihanna, and Rodney, uh, from 21, 20, 18, and 14 years old. And we moved back to Marquette from Lower Michigan, Detroit, in 1999. Okay. And uh, how did you each meet each other and eventually feel drawn to marriage? <laughs> well, it was a, uh, I've told this story many times, such a blessing. Uh, again, we were 15 years old. In high school, and uh, I'll never forget the day that I saw Heather for the first time to this day, walking out of the band room, and I was following behind her, and I stopped in my tracks, literally, and I looked up at the sky, and I said, Jesus, give me one chance with her, and I promise I won't mess it up. (laughs) That's a true story from the first moment I laid eyes on Heather to here we are now, almost 34 years after that day. Wow. When did you tell Heather that that's how you were thinking about her? <laughs> well, I think I, I remember talking to one of her friends who was in my science class. This is back in high school, asking questions about Heather because we were in band together. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as friends do in high school, Heather's friend had relayed <laughs> the message to her that there was somebody interested and was talking to her. And at that point, Heather, when Kathy was Kathy, yeah, told you. Mm-hmm. Uh, about me asking about you, what were your thoughts? Or, I, I was guess. like, "Who is this guy? Like, <laughs> what? He's new." Because <laughs> he was he was new in school that year, so ah. and that was my yeah. first year in that school as well, too. So we look mm-hmm. at how crossing paths with people in our lives sometimes mm-hmm. often part of God's orchestration. That purely is one of those situations we believe had to have been. Sure, sounds like it. And Heather, you converted to Catholicism through the RCIA process. Tell us what drew you to that. So, um, you know, my grandma was Catholic, Mm. and so I already knew a little bit about the faith, and I grew up having a lot of friends that were Catholic. Uh So I was always kind of interested in it anyways, but it wasn't until, and I know this probably sounds crazy, but my aunt worked for the Detroit Institute of Arts, and they actually had an amazing exhibit there. I think it was um, Saints and Angels. But it was actually, like, sponsored by the Vatican, and they had lots of relics of different saints and art pieces. And um, it was, like, I guess you could say it was just, like, some type of epiphany Hmm. that I had. 
that mm. I experienced during that exhibit. And that was literally like right before we moved um, up here to Marquette. So, and then that kind of stuck with me. And, and then like once we moved up here, I still tried looking at different Lutheran churches. Mm. Um, but I just wasn't finding anything that really, you know, uh, felt comfortable for me. Uh-huh. So that's when I decided to look into the RCIA. Okay. And the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> Ongoing history. That's great. Well, relating to that, how important would you say it is to share a common faith together? I think it's one of the most important things. Um, even at the time of our marriage, Heather being Lutheran, I was pretty uh, soft and understanding for respectful for Heather's Lutheran background. Mm -hmm. And as she said, we had spent some time, um, though strong in my Catholic faith, looking at some of the Lutheran churches locally when we moved to Marquette in 1999 that Heather might find comfortable in at that point. Never any pushing, never any trying to convince mm -hmm. of, of one being better than the other, just kind of letting God do his work um, mm -hmm. and the importance of that we feel, and I'm sure Heather can speak to this, is paramount, especially with our purpose of coming to Marquette to build a family, to buy a home, mm -hmm. and contribute with the family business, our purpose for coming to Marquette. Mm -hmm. Heather, how did you feel about the importance of that? Well, I think raising children mm. was probably the biggest motivating factor for me because uh. I had talked to a few couples that had split the same way you know one was one denomination one was another and i didn't hear anything positive honestly mm -hmm. it was all like if they had to do it all over again one of them maybe would have thought about converting to the other one they tried to raise their kids understanding both but mm -hmm. it was not working out okay because the kids were not very solidified mm -hmm. you know in what to believe mm -hmm. because there are differences so right right I think that makes it confusing, Monsignor, from the people I've spoken with. For children that are raised in families of split religion, they often don't side to one or the other. They just sometimes are neutral in their faith because mom and dad were kind of neutral in their faith growing mm -hmm. up as well, too. So I think it's an important role for children to see parents uh, unified mm -hmm. uh, in so many things, but starting with faith when it comes to marriage. So. Yeah, and sometimes you see that mistake in a way of, Parents uh, saying, well, we'll let the kids decide when they're mm -hmm. older, but not being able to give them a foundation of how do you discern what's the best. Yeah. Well, what do you, what do you, would you say that you do to build your marriage together, knowing how important that is? Well, we've been very blessed all the way back to our time of after being married. We've shared professions that are matching Heather being former executive pastry chef at the Palace of Auburn Hills and having a culinary background, and myself and my family of four generations coming from the service industry, bar and restaurant. So working together to this very day um, in our business uh, together. Um, yeah, and mm. I would definitely say that um, when it comes to building a marriage, you know, you obviously want to be, well, like we talked about, the faith is the big one. But I do think it's important to understand each other's goals and dreams, mm. aspirations, mm -hmm. um, and to be able to compromise mm. because they're not always going to mesh, right. you know, mm -hmm. and one might have an opportunity for a job advancement or um, something along those lines. The other one 
wants to stay, you know, mm. where they're at. Um, so you really have to look at what's best for you as a couple, what's best for your growing family, where you want to be, what your future looks like. And you really have to try to like make compromises mm-hmm. and communicate. Mm-hmm. Sure makes sense. How about the, uh, the gift of your children? Talk about the joy and the challenge of parenting. <laughs> well, I would have to say that having children is obviously the greatest thing that mm. I personally have ever done. We as a couple, I think it's what solidifies your marriage mm. um, because children are like a lasting legacy. I mm. mean, it's what furthers your lineage. It's what furthers, you know, um, your ancestry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every stage comes with its pros and cons, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, but I feel like in it, it's like, there's so many great memories. There's so many great experiences that come along with that. I want to say that like you always go into parenting as, oh my gosh, I have so many great things I want to teach my children, instill in them. But honestly, I think they teach you more okay. than you could ever teach them. Hmm. Russ, what, a, you, what would you add, Russ? Well, and it's a long road, too, with, with parenting. And the ups and downs, uh, it's always a blessing. But as Heather said, that each stage of their development, from newborns to toddlers to uh, the middle years and teenage, uh, all have their great challenges and rewards. And now that our children are, um, again, between the ages of 21 and 14, uh, we are enjoying this friendship we have with them as young adults and growing and we kind of feel like seeing other people that are our age kind of starting to uh, go into the grandparent mode with their kids getting a little (laughs) bit older and getting into relationships Uh we say we really want to take our time to enjoy this little bit of a not quite of a lull so to speak but a little bit of a break in Uh the uh, having small children and babies to uh, enjoy our children as young adults before then the grandkids will come along eventually as well. So. Mm-hmm. It's been fun for me as your pastor watching the kids grow and watching you as a family kind of expanding your reach and your witness and how amazingly your family serves at our 6 p.m. Sunday night mass, all of you in some role or another, and how that really expresses your faith and your commitment to the church. We've been so blessed, Monsignor, because we know uh, in today's society, as uh, children grow through the high school and college years, there are times where they often are falling away from the faith or falling away mm-hmm. from family. And our children have been so amazing in being mm-hmm. strong and stronger in their faith. Our oldest son, Ross, being a member of the Knights of Columbus, serving on a committee with them. Um, and the others, as you said, um, serving in their own rotation they've established of altar serving, <laughs> lecturing, and ushering mm-hmm. with Heather for the 6 o'clock Sunday Mass. But it's just been uh, another example of what Heather said of how much, uh, not always that you teach your kids, but what your kids teach you, and also the motivation I feel that your kids give you. And I've had a long-running joke I've said to all of our kids in some manner when they make us so proud with things, and I've said as recently as today to our 14-year-old son. I said, someday when I grow up, I want to be like you. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. And it's true because they truly are just amazing. And uh, through Mm -hmm. those challenges of parenting, uh, they've continued to grow as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like Heather said, you're growing through that as fatherhood and motherhood. Mm -hmm. And a whole other realm of ministry is that you own and operate Remy's Bar. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've talked about the kind of bar ministry that can happen there. Talk about that for a while. 
I'd love to explain that because that could be puzzling to some people. Um, our family history of bar and restaurant ownership goes back four generations. And at the time, 1990, that my mom and dad moved to Marquette, um, it was um, a medical situation that was quite dire for dad. And they had sold the businesses, bars uh, in Detroit to move to Marquette for uh, what was perceived as an easier, an easier, a little bit easier form of life. Um, now, we brought the four generations of business that the family had in Detroit, and the first place the family purchased at that time was Remy's, and what a blessing to have the legacy of Remy's in its 89 years of business uh, under one name, um, one of the oldest liquor licenses under one name in the state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. As far as we know, probably top five longest standing from our research and the LCC has given us, and that building being a tavern for 143 years, mm -hmm. so there's been a lot of... Um, a spirit and ups and downs uh, in, in that place. But it's been such a blessing because on the ground level, my six nights a week being there for almost 25 years now, and then Heather's you know, eight years of being back there, um, you are so blessed to see people um, at very high points in celebrations to oftentimes low points. We've used the business uh, to serve the community. We run a veterans events, um, suicide prevention of veterans, homeless uh, placement for homeless veterans. Mm. We've hosted everything from graduation parties to uh, memorials and wakes for funerals. Mm. So people have come to us and asked us often at those times to um, have those events. And many of them we've held on our own fundraisers as well as for the trip to Ukraine. We used mm. in part mm -hmm. uh, for my traveling to Ukraine with um, uh, the Ampies. Um, and also seeing people in the community that are parishioners and members at mm -hmm. St. Peter's and the Catholic churches that will just say, hey, saw you at Mass, you know, uh, that was a great uh, lecturing, or, mm -hmm. and I'll appreciate them for being there. But I think one of the greatest rewards of that bar ministry is um, uh, very introducing uh, people uh, in a very just ground level to Christianity and Catholicism. And we'll have people, for example, say that they are mourning the loss of a loved one, friend, or family member. And I'll say, if you don't mind, I'll say, we're Catholics. We pray for people's souls when they pass. What is the first name of your loved one? And they'll mm -hmm. tell me their name. We've had people that are dealing with ill or sick family members, from parents to children, um, in, in relatively um, sorrowful states. And I'll do the same thing and say, I would never doubt the miracle of prayer mm -hmm. because I've seen it myself. And uh, the first name of the loved one that we're going to pray for and even if they have just a ground level of Christianity, Catholicism, or no faith, so to speak, at all, I've never once had somebody say, I don't want it. That's not my thing. I don't uh, know much about that. Uh -huh. And I can't tell you how many times I've literally had people over the years come back and thank mm -hmm. me. Uh, one gentleman with tears in his eyes, I'll never forget, about eight years ago, came in on a slow night uh, and just stood over by the booth kind of watching myself work and some of the customers and he was there for a couple minutes, and I said to him, is there something I can help you with? I said, you need something? Mm -hmm. And he just stepped to the bar and said, a number of years ago, two years ago, my grandpa was sick. Um, he was only given weeks to live, and you said you would pray for him. Uh, this is a grown man with tears in his eyes. Uh, and he said, I want you to know that he ended up living almost a year, and I always wanted to thank you for that, mm -hmm. which brought tears to my eyes. And a gentleman just walked out the door. Wow. Like that was on his mind, that mm -hmm. witness in that moment where we had told him that. And he remembered that to come back years later and thank me for that. Yeah, powerful to see the Lord at work in that. And mm -hmm. thanks for your witness that way. Mm -hmm. And kind of related to that, 
you both entered into the formation process for the permanent diaconate now. Talk about your attraction to that and how you heard that call. My original application with the diocese diaconate program was in 2015. God's timing is always really a key in these things and often not operating on our own time schedule. By 2018, Deacon Mosley had given me a call and asked me if this was something I was still interested in. I certainly said yes, mm-hmm. a bit surprised by that call with um, the close to three years that had passed at that time. Mm-hmm. But um, we look at God's time again, and kind of ironic, after that call from Deacon Mosley, he said he had a couple applications along with mine that he was making some calls on. Well, shortly after that, Deacon Mosley had left the diaconate director position, um, and I kind of saw that as well when I read the Catholic newspaper, the UP Catholic, that he had left the post, and I kind of scratched my head a little bit, knowing that there was still some meaning behind this in the way that it was going to unroll, but placing uh, the timing of everything into God's hands as I have my life, I knew that there may still be purpose in this, even though I wasn't expecting a whole lot. However it was going to happen, it was going to happen. So at that time, after Deacon Mosley had left the position, it was announced, I believe, that there would be a two-year closing of the diaconate intake program while it was restructured. I believe that was announced by Bishop John. So at that time, I looked at the 2015 app with a 2018 call from Deacon Mosley, expressing my interest further and meeting with him on one occasion, seeing him leave the position of the diaconate director, then the two-year shutdown being announced by the diocese. So leaving it in God's hands again, I kind of stepped back and continued doing uh, things, increasing my involvement in the church, in the mass. And uh, Mm -hmm. sure enough, we all know what happened in 2020. So nothing happened in 2020 at that point as we were nearing the end of that two-year window for the reopening of the diaconate program, 2020 and COVID hit. So anything with the church, anything uh, in general with society that was going to be a program where um, people were taken in and, 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 and taught didn't happen. So as that was now almost three years from the point where Deacon Mosley had called me in 2018 and touched base with me. Sure enough, the year of COVID 2020 had passed. And as we had gotten into 2021, Father Tim Akaitis had given me a call following up on Deacon Mosley's inquiry from almost three years ago. So as it had happened, God's time led us to me and two other candidates a fellow named uh, Gerard, who is in Iron Mountain, and Dana, who is in Big Bay, and myself now completing our first year of studies with the Diaconate Formation Program, and this studies through the Augustan Institute online. It's certainly been a calling. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. been wonderful, and a a challenge with the studies and these other areas, but that's part of the formation process. Mm -hmm. So what gives you strength and courage to follow God's call daily? I feel that when you're living a life uh, through your family, through your business, through your work, uh, and your calling and service to those areas, that there's so many things of just walking that path that bring you closer to your faith and strength and the things that God has set up for us. Um, prayer. Uh, we've been very blessed with our four kids, especially as they enter into their uh, late teen and early 20s years, to be so strong in their faith, often mm-hmm. a time when we know um, the kids generally fall away from faith to some degree. Uh, we've been so blessed they've maintained their strength in faith. Uh, and our faith as a family and our prayer together has been something certainly that has strengthened us. Hmm. I believe, too, that 
attitude of gratitude is something that I go by because mm. we've been through a lot of challenges in the last few years and and it was hard. I mean, even for me, I struggled with my faith a little bit during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still told myself every day, even if I felt like I wasn't having a good day, you got to find something that you're grateful for, mm-hmm. that you're blessed about. And there are a lot of things, you know, even when you feel like things are not going so great, there's still a lot of things to be thankful for every single day. Right, and I right. think that's a big motivating factor of mm-hmm. trying to move on, you know. Mm-hmm. Starting from the very ground level of giving thanks, with being able to uh, get ourselves out of bed and feed ourselves and have a roof over our head and uh, to have each other, um, even through challenges of raising children and challenges of marriages, to have each other to fall back on and be strong with. And the old saying of walking through the valleys to reach the mountaintops, because you certainly do get there as long as you keep walking and persevering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was so evident, too, when you went through your eye problem there, Russ, Mm -hmm. and your whole family gathering around and... I think it was the first time I visited you at your home Mm -hmm. to pray with you with the sacrament of anointing of the sick and all of your kids and Heather gathering in prayer and at Mass as well, people helping you and it's just wonderful witness of your faith. Mm -hmm. Our family was incredible. The church community was incredible. Monsignor yourself and everybody, uh, uh, it's so encouraging the strength Mm -hmm. that we received from that challenge and that's a prime example. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's evident to me, I mean, your whole family comes to Mass and serves in different roles, for, especially for our Sunday evening Mass. And as we're in this time of Eucharistic arrival, how would you say that the Eucharist helps you? I mean, the presence of Jesus is everywhere when you're in the church. Hmm. I think one of the most profound things is being able to see that amazing mural, right? Hmm. When you walk in and you sit down, um, just knowing that you don't have to be perfect, that we're all sinners, but that we're cleansed, um, that our sins are forgiven as long as we believe in Christ, that we're able to be blessed to have his body and his blood mm-hmm. at the Mass, um, that we're blessed to hear his word um, during the Gospels, the readings, the homily. Um, and each Mass teaches you something different. And I think... There's nothing more important than being able to share that as a family with your children mm. um, because it's, it is the core of everything. It is the roots of everything. Mm. It is the very foundation of the family itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, uh, a privilege as Catholics to be able to receive that mm-hmm. sacrament. Mm-hmm. The beautiful way the church speaks about the family, too, as the domestic church. It's a little microcosm of the whole universal church. So they speak of the mother as the heart of the home and the father as the priest of the home. And so you're living that out in a beautiful way. How about uh, words of encouragement you might give to engaged couples or to other married couples and parents? I mean, I believe that communication and compromise are two key things in a marriage Mm. um you have to be able to talk to your spouse about anything and everything Mm. and you may not always understand each other and you may have a difficult time maybe trying to convey your thoughts or your feelings at times but it's very important that you do that Mm -hmm. um and you know compromise it's like there's always going to be something that 
you know, your spouse is going to want to do or maybe a direction that he wants, he or she wants to take the family in that maybe you're not comfortable with. Um, and sometimes you have to make compromises in order to keep the family intact, which is also very important. So you have to be able to be, you know, flexible that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Recognizing the imperfections we have in ourselves uh, prior to criticizing imperfections in others and realizing working on ourselves, putting in the first work, the first work and first step and working on our own uh, imperfections and faults before pointing out others, but also embracing others' faults as we embrace our faults a bit, uh, loving and caring aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I think the easy part is falling in love, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's keeping that love going mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. That can be challenging at times, but the reward is the greatest thing if you stick with it, mm-hmm. you know, through the good times and the bad times. In the smallest ways, taking mm-hmm. a... 10 seconds for a hug or a kiss or a kind word or uh, writing a little note. We're big on writing notes to each other and leaving them in places, mm-hmm. just a hello, miss you, uh, whatever that might be. And those are, it's, it's not always about the big trip or the big uh, purchase or the big surprise. It truly is, I believe, the smallest things, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. So those are the biggest things I feel are the smallest ways you keep communication in those feelings and those thoughts that, yes, I'm thinking about you all the time even though I don't see you much this day or this week. Mm -hmm. Brings us back to that reminder that love is not just a feeling, though the feelings are there, but love's a decision, a willingness, a choosing, willing the highest and best good of the beloved. And that highest and best good we know being heaven, being the Lord himself. So thanks so much, you two, for the witness you give, Christ's love in your marriage, in your family, in the parish, and the unique ministry you've got going at Remy's, all different aspects of uh, gratitude and servanthood and uh, consecrating everything to the Lord. So let's turn to the Lord for his continued strength. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Lord, we praise you and thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you for Russ and Heather and their family and their living witness of following you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the gift of marriage and family. Just continue strengthening all those, Lord, who are seeking to build their lives in you. Help those that are hurting in any way. And help us, Lord, be witnesses to hope, witnesses to your love and your mercy. And Blessed Mother, we turn to you, spouse of the Holy Spirit. We ask your intercession for us and for all families as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Witness to Hope in the story of Russ and Heather Modell. Tune in next Saturday at 4 for another inspiring Witness to Hope program, right here on WNOA. 103.9 FM.